Business, lifestyle, social media, powerful woman. Do any of these words interest you? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Behind the Girl Boss podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is the place where you can learn about powerful businesswomen who are thriving in whatever they do. Get your notebooks ready and let's get learning. Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to the podcast. Hello, I'm super excited about today's episode. Um, Honestly, I've been really kind of stressed lately if we're just going to like jump to the gun. I've been really stressed lately with just like life overall in school. Like I've had my midterm, well, I guess they're midterms. Like I had two bigger assignments due this week and it's just been a lot. So I've been focusing a lot on school. But I'm excited to get this podcast episode out for you guys and for you to just listen to this week's topic and this week's guest. So before we kind of jump into that, I want to do our little journal prompt of the week. So this journal prompt is what habit do you want to focus on or incorporate this week? I feel like sometimes there's certain things like for myself, I've really, really tried to adapt journaling into my like my everyday life because it just helps me. It makes me feel free it helps me get things out of my mind and it just helps me deal with my emotions more and stuff so i thought that we can all write about some habits that we want to focus on and this can be like focus on to get better at or to focus on to like quit a bad habit um i think both are equally good and equal things that we can talk about so with that being said we're going to jump into today's episode so today we have Gigi robinson on the podcast Gigi classifies herself as a Gen Z thought leader and mental health advocate. She is also a contributor for Spotify Greenroom with her podcast, Everything You Need Is Within, and she is a badass boss woman. Badass woman boss. Badass girl boss, that's what she is. Um, We had such a good conversation. We spoke all about mental health, chronic illness, diversity within social media, how to build a brand, how to navigate how to navigate taxes, literally every single thing that you can think about, we spoke about. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today I have Gigi with us. So hi Gigi. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm super excited and I think we're going to need to really debunk the idea of the girl boss today. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Sure. Well, first of all, again, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Gigi Robinson. I'm 23 years old. I am a Gen Z speaker, advocate, and content creator focusing on the intersections of mental health and social media. So a majority of the time, my work will uh, really cover that emotional connection that we all have to our mental health right now and diving into how social media is affecting us in our body image um, and also how we can be a lot more inclusive online, including different forms of allyship and advocating for disability awareness. Love that. I'm really excited to dive in and like talk about all those things with you. But before we do, I like to do a little hot seat segment to kind of just break the ice and know little fun facts about you. First one is what is your go-to coffee order? Okay. So if I'm doing it at home, is it like at home or is it like whatever we could do both? Okay. The (laughs) at home order is just, um, a double espresso, um, Bianco Leggerio. If you have an espresso Mm -hmm. machine, um, from Nespresso with some oat milk or some almond milk and ice over iced, it's 
the chef's kiss for me. And then if I'm at Starbucks, my go-to is it's a venti ice shake and espresso with only three pumps of the brown sugar syrup or the mm-hmm. syrup they put in it and with oat milk. And it's just so delicious. I've never tried that. So maybe I should. <gasps> If you like feeling really jittery, I recommend I do. I do. Love that. <laughs> um, the next one is where's your dream travel destination? Dream travel destination. I think I really, really want to go to the Maldives. I think that they're just so beautiful. And obviously the content would be amazing. Yes. And I think it would be a great place to like recharge, go in the water, like feel the you know, the energy and the sun. And I'm sure there's a lot of other amazing things that we don't see on social media that are really beautiful and fun about the culture of the people that live there. Yeah, for sure. Um, And the last one is, what is a TV show you can rewatch over and over and never get tired of? Probably Schitt's Creek and New Girl. Yes, I love both of those. They're like, yeah, such like quirky, fun humor. Yeah. And you can always just have it in the background and like don't have to be paying attention like 100%. Love that. Yeah. And you still like love every episode, no matter what, like there's not a single episode. I'm like, "Mm, didn't like it. I'm like, no, this is so good. Like the writers literally deserve a raise. Yeah. And this summer (laughs) I actually went to see like, um, where they, like the town that they filmed Schitt's Creek in. And oh it was God, like so love. weird because everything was like right next to each other. And I was like, yeah, on TV, it looks so much so different. It does. It does. It really does. <laughs> um, so I split the podcast into sections. So we're going to start talking off about like you and who you are and the whole like body positivity um, and mental health chat that you got going on. Then we're going to move into career path and public speaking and then end off with protecting your mental health in the like entertainment social media world. So starting off, um, like you've spoken about a bit already, you've been growing such a big community online um, and you talk about such big topics like body positivity, mental health and dealing with chronic illness. Do you want to give us a little insight into this like side of you a little more? Sure. Um, so if you have followed any of my story anywhere, um, Part of how I got to doing what I do today is really the pandemic starting um, and realizing all of the people around me and myself like have different um, experiences with our mental health Mm -hmm. throughout the pandemic, Um, especially while we were finishing college. You know, I'm 23 years old. People always think I'm so much older. And I think sometimes in my mind, I think like I'm older than I actually Mm -hmm. am. And um I don't know. It's just like a really interesting thing to explore. But besides the point, I started posting about it online. I started posting about my body image online because I came home to my high school bedroom um, where I had some issues with like eating Mm -hmm. very in a disordered way, not very proud of those moments, but it kind of made me who I am today. I always used to think like I was never good enough based on the size, like, oh, like I've this year gone from a size four to a size six, like a six, eight. And like, I'm just like, okay with that now. And like your body changes, it deserves clothes that make you feel confident. And all of that feeds into our mental health and all of that is triggered by what we see online. So I was doing a lot of my research for my senior capstone project and my senior thesis on those intersections. And as that was happening, also like different social justice movements and different just like discrimination happening, um, whether that was for the AAPI community, whether that was for the black community, for the disability community, for the Jewish community, like there have been so many really cruel things happening in the world and brands were not 
like reacting or um, they were reacting, but it was like, we could see right through it that it was just like, you know, a post to post. And that kind of, again, that fueled my research where I was like, why, like what is going on? These people's head, like, how do they not know um, how to, you know, react? Like, is there an etiquette? Is there a cadence that they should have? Mm -hmm. Um, And how do you know how it will be perceived? So that was my research. Then I enrolled in a master's degree program where I have been continuing that research. So that basically brings me to where we are today, (laughs) uh, talking about mental health, body image, and chronic illness advocacy, um, whether that's on my podcast, on other people's podcasts, or in person or online speaking events, or just in my content. For sure. So how were you like, um, how did you gain the courage to speak about such vulnerable topics on the internet? Because I know a lot of people think they want to open up about like what they're dealing with and everything, but I honestly think like, I just simply don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) Meaning like, it's no, it's none of my business what anyone else thinks, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's literally what, like seven, how many people, billion people on this planet, right? Seven or eight billion Yeah, I think it's eight, I'm not sure. Okay, so like a lot of people, right? (laughs) Like how many, like even though a lot of people may see something you're doing online, why are you internalizing their perception and experience of you when all you should be focused on is your growth and like going towards your ultimate goals, right? Mm -hmm. So my goal is to continue to be a well-known speaker for Gen Z and for self-advocacy because when I was younger, when I grew up, um, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. It's connective tissue disorder, causes me chronic joint pain and fatigue. And I didn't have anyone to look up to. I didn't have any telling me that like it's okay if you have to use the elevator and the wheeling backpack like other people bully like saying like oh that's weird or like why do you have that like that's none of their business Mm -hmm. and it's like really annoying when that happens because as a what I was like 13 years old or 12 years old when this happened and I'm like wheeling a backpack and nobody wants to have a wheelie backpack in middle school. I'm like going in the elevator instead of the stairs, like getting to classes and people are always like, why? And I'm like, I didn't even have the tools to talk about it. I was like, oh, like I just like have spot like an accommodation and like mm-hmm. that's all it has to be. But the fact that I felt guilty for having that accommodation because it made somebody who didn't like uncomfortable yeah. is like very frustrating. So that is kind of a little bit of the inspiration about why I do what I do today. And the other thing is like with, with chronic illness, like a lot of the time I feel like nobody sees the bad stuff. Like nobody sees when I'm in flares, usually nobody sees me taking the medication three Mm -hmm. times a day. And again, that's just like inspiration for me to continue to talk about it because it's all normal stuff. Other people are going through it too. They're just not talking about it. And if I can be the person that like helps people feel less alone in their journey with self-advocacy, like that is my, that's my primary goal. Yeah, for sure. So when you first started posting content online, was it always around um, these topics or has it like evolved? It's definitely evolved. Um, I started TikTok in late 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I made an account. I was posting like landscape videos of the ocean and like the sky. Like it was like very stupid. Um, <laughs> which I mean, if you do post about that, like that's fine, obviously, but it just didn't work for me. Then I started posting about different stuff on campus and mostly posting about food and like unboxings. Mm-hmm. Like I was very, very into, oh, let's try this skincare, see how it works. And then I kind of shifted to even if I'm doing an unboxing, make it about like how it helps my chronic illness and how it helps my mental health to like do a skincare routine with these amazing products or sometimes putting my makeup on helps me feel more confident or getting dressed and wearing something helps me feel more confident and in turn helps my mental health like always adding that like spin of like a personal thing which is they're all true it's like if I were in pajamas and didn't come on here with makeup which would be completely like authentic it's also like authentic to me to do this like yeah it doesn't change necessarily like who I am adds that extra level of storytelling that aligns with my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, people, people would be like, mm, what? Like if I just posted a random unboxing, you know, they yeah. want to understand like why, um, why I, I did that. And I think that that's kind of, um, cool. And I'm shifting now into more like educational content, um, and content that really showcases my journey to how I got here because other mm-hmm. people, want to do this they just don't know how so it's yeah. like and and for me it's so intuitive and I'm just like oh, okay like let's just do it like it's what has to happen and I don't realize that not a lot of people know that so <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um so you do so many things clearly like we've only scratched the surface um so how would you sum your job up in like a few sentences to someone I don't know like a little elevator pitch of like your job yeah I would probably say you want me to elevator pitch right now. If you if you want. <laughs> okay. Um, hi everyone. My name is Gigi Robinson. I'm a 23-year-old Gen Z content creator and self-advocate for people living with mental health issues, chronic illness, and body image. I create content about this across the internet, and I would love to create some content with your brand, attend an event. Or, um, you know, work on a long-term partnership to change the way that the next generation grows up so they're more confident than the generation before. Like, follow, subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not what mine sounds like. (laughs) Oh, hey, girl, I'm 23. Like, this took time. Again, this evolved. And something that I think we get so, like, like, uh, what's the word? Like, caught up in and Mm -hmm. we get these mental blocks about is the fact that like you're like mine definitely doesn't sound like that it shouldn't Mm -hmm. yours is going to be different than mine it's going to be different than Bob's it's going to be different than Paul's right like they're going to be so different and that's okay you just have to like land it with confidence right like Mm -hmm. even though I did that on the spot and, and I don't I don't know if you could tell or you couldn't tell but because I did that there on the spot, that was like, I nailed that with confidence. You knew that I meant every word of it. And if you stay like that, that's what will really change um, how other people perceive your elevator pitch. For sure. For sure. Good advice. <laughs> so obviously working for yourself can be tough. How do you keep track of everything like expenses, profit, income, all those things? Because I feel like a lot of people who work for themselves don't really know how to do that because no one really talks about it. Like in school, no one talks about taxes. No one talks about any of that. So how do you kind of do that? Yeah, there's so much here that I could ramble on about, but the number one thing is taxes. Um, depending on the state that you're in, the taxes are are different, but I think the rule of thumb is to save, you know, 25 to 30% of your income be- as a freelancer for the most part. If you are, you know, salary 
based, obviously that's different. It comes out mm-hmm. before you get your paycheck. But if you are freelancing, you're getting 1099s, which are the legal tax forms of companies claiming that you, you know, were a business expense and you worked with them. Um, on the flip side, you have to give them W9s, which are like the corresponding forms that are personal to the individuals. Um, and on top of that, there are softwares. There's one called Gusto. There's one called uh, QuickBooks. There's one called Lumanu. Um, there's a bunch of them, LVEST, like all of these financial platforms are coming out to help assist freelancers. And um, I have QuickBooks, so that's been pretty easy to navigate. It gives you like an overall like expense budget kind of situation, but it also is just really cool because you can send invoices, you can track your employees, um, you can 1099 right from there, so you can pay them right from there. So it's very full circle there. And that's what I like. But at the same time, I also do have an Excel sheet with different collaborations that I've gotten, the due dates that the payments are due, all of that, just to organize even further, uh, because it is very hard. And truth behold, I have learned all of this the past year. Um, mm-hmm. And it is really hard. And you just have to learn it, you have to commit to it. If you want to run a business, or you want to do social media full time, like you have to treat it like a business. Like you can't treat it as, oh, I'm just posting and it's just so fun. And I'm doing these like calls with people, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, we have to sit down and say, okay, we need a business plan. What's next? What are we launching? Like today I'm launching my media kit um, subscription. That I think is going to be really cool for people to check out, join, work with me on. Um, but that wouldn't have happened a year ago had I not gone through the things where I was like, okay, I have all these ideas. How do I execute them? I started as a one man show last year and now I have eight people under me. So it's really insane to see that growth. And I think it's just really cool because you just, you evolve, you evolve with the business and you learn and you got people that know stuff and you talk to them, people talk, you talk to your friends about Mm -hmm. what's normal, right? We're talking about pay transparency in the influencer industry right now for the most part. I think part of that will only continue to happen if creators talk about like, oh, this is how much I'm getting paid. This is how much you're getting paid. Oh, why is there this, this discrepancy? Oh, I had my agent negotiate it. Oh, okay. That probably explains it because I didn't even try to negotiate it or they don't think I'm like powerful enough. So all of these things are learned. Um, and I hope that this gives some insight to anyone listening who wants to kind of start their business as an influencer. For sure. How did you decide when it was time to like hire people like under you or to work Mm, for you? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, first, and foremost, I started, my first person on my team was my publicist mm-hmm. and I got her, my PR manager to help me manage the like alarming amount of PR requests or media mm-hmm. requests that I was getting. People want to know my opinion. So I focused on just like giving her that trust. And that took a lot of time. Um, when I decided I wanted to shift everything you need is within my Instagram live TV show to a podcast, I did get an intern from USC, um, who was super awesome. And she helped me with some ideas and in getting that project off the ground running, um, then it got picked up by Spotify. And then I decided, oh, okay, now I need a social media manager to help me manage it because I don't have time. So then mm-hmm. I added her, um, a couple months later and the other people were really like hires for going in like December January um I hired a designer a copywriter 
a partnership outreach manager, another social media account coordinator, and a video editor. So December was a big hiring month. For yeah, me. it was really cool. Um, but the reason why is because I'm at the point where I have to delegate these things to other people so that I can focus on what I actually need to do to run the business and to attend the events I have to attend to speak to the people I need to speak with and um, ultimately get shit done. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you said you do public speaking. Um, like what type of events do you speak at and what do you usually speak about? Yeah, well, honestly, kind of like what we've already been talking about. Um, I talk about teaching people how to build their social media in a ethical and responsible way. And, and there is um, a practice that I like to call social media literacy that I take people through of really understanding why they're posting the accounts that they're following um, and just really ultimately diving super deep into how their posts are going to affect other people as well. So that has been amazing to teach people. And I've taught students at universities this all over um, USC, UCLA, FIT, UMass Amherst, Baruch, so on and so forth. Um, I also talk with big corporations about the way that social media affects our mental health, also literacy, but more of a mental health and body image focus there. And I've spoken to um, Yahoo and her campus about that. And then more recently, I've been talking about brand partnerships and how brands can work with creators kind of in the future of the creator economy and establishing yourself as a professional in the industry rather than just, again, someone that's posting online. So what does that mean? How do you set up the business? How do you partner with the brand um, in the long? So that's been pretty cool. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. And mm-hmm. I would love to speak at any events that have a budget for me to come. <laughs> for sure. So um, how do you kind of manage being a full-time content creator income-wise? Because as we all know, like freelance and all that is not salary-based. So yeah. every month doesn't look the same. So how do you kind of navigate that? Because I feel like that's something that a lot of people stress about. Um, yeah, it is a stress. It is. Like, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to lie here. Like, I would never lie, to be, to be honest <laughs> uh, with you. But like, it is very difficult to kind of be okay with that. But the uncertainty is honestly what fuels me in my business. I'm like, oh, okay, this month has to be better than the, and the next. It will be better than the next. All I have to do is put in the effort to reach out to the right brands, talk to the right people, land the right deals. Like it's just, it's just a matter of honestly, like mindset. If you have the mindset that every month is going to be a shit month and you're not going to make any money, then like you won't. Yeah. That's simple. Like if you really, if you really want to make money and get something, there will be an opportunity out there for you. You just have to go and find it. Like literally one of my biggest quotes, luck doesn't just happen. You have to look for it. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to your income, I believe that fully. And it is really hard, honestly, um, sometimes there are months where I'm like bootstrapped. I'm like, oh shit, I'm really, really down on my budget. And I just have to be okay with that because the next month, like who knows, it could be like my biggest month yet, you know? Yeah. I love how honest that was because a lot of people I feel like have this like, um, image of content creators or influencers or whatever, and think like, oh, like their life is so easy. Their job is so easy. All they do is like take a picture or take a video and post it. And like, then they get paid and like, they do nothing. But like, people don't realize how much goes on like behind the scenes and how much work actually has to be happening and how much like negotiation or emailing and all that stuff has to happen in order to like actually get paid. People don't realize that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also like to actually get paid in the influencer industry fucking sucks. And this is probably the same as like, I don't know, like, 
freelancers in general is you basically get the 1099, like I said, for the work. And depending on your contract, you either get paid upfront, halfway through, or at the end of your campaign. I try to always negotiate if I can get it upfront because obviously mm-hmm. the more cash flow you have in, in the beginning is helpful and relieves you because sometimes, um, or at the very least have the the net whatever net 30 net 60 start the day you sign the contract instead of at the end of the contract Mm -hmm. because um for those listening that don't know the way you do get paid is usually on a net 15 net 30 net 45 net 60 or net 90 which means you know net meaning like the amount of days after and then the number meaning the days after so that can be really tricky because you do a campaign let's say it's a couple couple thousand dollars and you're like yes it's like great like I landed this in November and then it says net 60 you're not seeing that money until January Mm -hmm. so that can be really really stressful and frustrating and you just have to again figure out your budget have that sheet of like when people are like uh going to be paying you because that's you just got to be responsible yeah for sure um so how do you kind of stay motivated working for yourself like it can be very draining for one and you I like, even though you do have a team, sometimes you only really do have yourself. So how do you yeah. make sure you're keeping yourself motivated? Well, I have discussions a lot. I think conversations really um, can create change, whether that is in my platform and I speak about it publicly or in my private life. Because if I don't have a discussion, let's say with my breathwork coach, which I've been getting into a breathwork practice that has been amazing. I did it for 30 days really, really changed my life, helped me figure out how to breathe more, um, how to be more intentional with my breath, how to control it and how to clear my, my mental headspace with it. So that's been awesome. But if I didn't have those discussions with my breathwork teacher about, you know, how to manage my stress, like right before negotiation or right before I have a big public speaking event, right. Maybe I would be more stressed out. Maybe I wouldn't be able to manage my chronic illness or mental health as much. So, um, really having those conversations, creating that change, um, is important. Sometimes that's with my team too. I'm like, look, something's not working with this one project. How can we iterate? How can we evolve? How can we make it better? Push out round two, like, let's go. Like, I don't, I don't like to like, uh, I don't like to sit there. Like you can either complain about, you know, all of the things like not working for you, or you can evolve and you can just like turn everything around and you can, you can literally make what you want happen, happen. You just have to get the mindset get the thinking cap off, get pulled onto that creative vortex and just like run with it. I also have always been a self-motivated person. I Mm -hmm. love competing with myself. Like I literally have always wanted to be in Forbes. Like it's just been a goal of mine for years. And yesterday, obviously that came true. And I'm like, shit, like I'm 23. Like I went to make be in Forbes before I was like 25. And who knows? Like I want to be on the under 30 list. I might in the future. Who knows? I definitely can Um, see it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's fucking go. Um, but that said, with that like that's something that like I visualized so long ago it was just a matter of me believing and like releasing and surrendering and saying you know what if it happens it happens if it doesn't like I'm not gonna push for it um Mm -hmm. and again that's exclusively with myself I don't care about how how quickly Bob got in or Susie like whatever they got also like a lot of the times I'll reference someone who's like Bob so just like or like (laughs) Paul those are like my uh your go-to my like imaginary yeah my imaginary (laughs) characters So yeah, those are just some things and I don't really know how else to explain it other than I love competing with myself and like I love beating myself and figuring out like what the next big thing is for me. 
Um, it's not having to do, it doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. That's a good way to go about it. And also like, how do you make sure that you're not overworking yourself or constantly working? Because again, when you're not in a nine to five, you kind of make your own schedule and you have to know when to stop. And I feel like a lot of people have this, um, I wouldn't say issue, but I don't really know how to word it, but like working till 11, working to 12 and not really having time to like, just relax and like take time for themselves. So how do you kind of monitor that for yourself? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. It can be a lot of the time um, early in or late in 2021, this fall, um, this past fall, I was having a really difficult time kind of distinguishing who I am on screen and how Mm -hmm. that's related to who I am off the screen. And like, having people hit me up because I got verified and saying, oh my God, that's so cool. Can you help me get verified? And then not asking how I'm doing and Mm -hmm. just it being very like one-sided. And it just like is such a shitty feeling because you think like, even with my Forbes article yesterday, like I'm very grateful for all the support, but none of those people called me. None of those people texted me. Like only one friend out of all of my friends called me and was like, I'm so proud of you. This is amazing. And like, obviously you don't want 300 people calling you. That's insane. You probably want like five to 10 or maybe Mm -hmm. it's two to three. And like, I think that those kinds of things are just important to note, like who's supporting you online and who's supporting you in real life, who's reaching out to you to set up a coffee meeting to like celebrate and like Mm -hmm. enjoy life versus who is just commenting on your post because it's something that's like going to get them clout and say, oh, I knew her. I went to school with her. Like those things are definitely noted. And when you have a digital persona, it's important to remember like the things that make you happy offline. Um, So for me, like, walks literally enjoying my coffee like with whoever like I I will take anybody on a Joe in the Juice stay anywhere like I Mm -hmm. love it um whether that's a friend or a colleague or someone I'm working with like it's just so fun for that interaction to happen at a place that I love um second to that I think just I don't take many breaks from social media but believe it or not I'm not really a consumer as much as I used to be I really just go on and I use it as a tool to post a lot about my business, to post the content I have to post. And then I'm off. Like, I don't let myself go down that, that hole of comparing myself to others and seeing my explore page with, you know, people getting lip filler and plastic surgery and, um, seeing people travel. Like those are all things, obviously the algorithm thinks I want. And I'm like, okay, uh, like whatever. Um, that's annoying. So yeah, it's definitely hard. Uh, but I think there's times where right now, like we are completely remote. We're stuck inside still, like we're still in the pandemic Yes. and honoring that and just being like, you know what? I was featured on the Fox five news and I did the interview for my room. Like one day I want to be able to do that like in person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of that is again, celebrating like where you're at and just like recognizing like how crazy it is. So Yeah that's a little tangent. (laughs) It's okay. I liked it. Um, so obviously we've already spoken about you, um, like talking about mental health on your platform, my gosh, platforms and everything. Um, so how do you think one can protect their mental health while pursuing a career path in the public eye? Because a lot of people already deal with mental health outside of social media. So how can they kind of protect themselves going in? And I know it's, there's not like one right answer, but how would you kind of suggest that? 
Um, so, so, okay. So how would you suggest that somebody who wants to start focus on their mental health or, um, like someone that wants to start, um, like posting on social media, kind of protect their mental health or go into it, like knowing how to protect their mental health. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So here is what I would tell you. If you want to start something on social media and you're not sure where to start, right. You know nothing about it, or maybe you have like a personal platform and you want to change it into a business. I have a rule that I tell all my clients. Um, Number one, it's finding your why. So, you know, you tell me you could do it with a podcast. You could do it with your posting. Why do you want to post on Instagram? Whatever your answer is, ask yourself why whatever your answer is, is important to you, Mm -hmm. right? Because then you can go deeper. And then I normally continue that kind of like flow about seven times. And the reason why is because if you do it enough, you'll ultimately go deep enough to figure out like what it is within you that wants you to start. So for me, it's about like inspiring that inner child that I used to, Mm -hmm. you know, um, want to, to nurture and whatnot and inspiring to help other people because I felt less alone. Right. And the the reason I got there is, Oh, well, why do you post about social media? Oh, I want to inspire others. Why do you want to inspire others? Because blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So that's my first rule. My second rule is if you don't have an open mouth, like your business is not open. And I can go deeper into that if you want me to, but if you're not talking about starting on social media or you're not posting, nobody's going to know what you're doing. You have to start talking about, you have to start posting. Um, And it might feel uncomfortable at first, but over time, you're going to get the hang of it. Eventually something's going to go viral. Um, It just happens that way for all of us. We all have one or two experiences unless we are like the, you know, golden gems that Mm -hmm. get a lot, but over time that's important. And then the third thing is to like always be confident in yourself and like be able to evolve or complain. If you want to complain, that's perfectly fine. Oh, I don't have enough followers. I'm not generating leads. Okay. Well, did you go back to the first two steps and like, have you figured out like what you want to do and what your why is? And then second to that, like how you're going to talk about it consistently. Um, so those are things that I tell people when starting now tackling the mental health aspect of it is if you feed into your objections of, oh, I can't do this because blah, 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 blah. If you're focused on complaining, you're obviously going to have a hard time with your mental health. Even if you're saying super positive and like things aren't working, like I've had things not work for me. I, again, I can focus on the negative or I can focus on the positive. And this mm-hmm. is not, this is not like a form of toxic positivity. This is literally like mindset work. If yeah. you like, and, and you're allowed to be upset, obviously if things don't work, but I think you absolutely need to put your like blinders on and you need to say like, okay, what can I do to change this right now? And how can I change how I'm feeling right now? If I'm feeling upset, um, another thing that I've recently focused on is structure in my business. So leaving like content ideation to like Fridays. And the reason why is because I like to have fun on Fridays and I like to give myself like a half day. So I enjoy the evening with my friends usually. Um, and I like to ideate on Fridays. Um, that way I can think and or create on the weekend, um, if I want to. And then on Monday I do admin work and I focus on, 
Um, also like addressing and pinpointing what I'm going to do that week. And then Tuesday's my shoot day, my podcasting day, my calls day, Wednesday, also podcasting leadership, self-development and homework day. And then Thursday is another shooting and or meeting day in person normally. So, um, that's kind of my schedule and having that schedule is imperative because if you don't have it, you're just going to be all over the place. You're going to post here, post there. It's going to be so disorganized. And when you're disorganized in your workflow, your brain's going to be disorganized. And when your brain's disorganized, you can't distinguish what your online persona is versus your Mm -hmm. in-person persona, because you're going to, you're going to be so invested in your work regardless, because it's about you, um, when you're a creator. So just really distinguishing those boundaries with the structure of your business is like number one, honestly. So how do you kind of plan everything? Cause I know like there's some people that are like physical planners, Google calendar planners. How do you keep track of all your stuff that you got going? So I'm still working on that. Um, again, I have a huge team. I have to manage. I have to think about like what each person's doing. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of like in their own little world. Like I give them the projects, we just vibe and they like run with it. Yeah. So I really love like the trust that I've been able to just give them and like accept that and like love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's like hand selected. I found them all like, and it was, it's just awesome. So um, working with the team is awesome. And then um, how do I stay organized? I have a lot of notes, uh, my notes, like iCloud, whatever, but with calendar invites, I'm trying to figure out a system because I have a Google email, I have a Outlook email, and then I have my Apple calendar. So I try to sync it all to my Apple calendar because that's where my devices get it. But also I connected all of that to Slack. So now Mm -hmm. I get anything from like Slack uh, that's Outlook, Google, or Apple, which is very helpful to me. And that's kind of the real place. Slack is expensive for a team though, which I didn't realize. Like it was like, oh, it's only $6 a month, but I didn't read the fine print. It's like per fucking team member. I'm like, this is a lot of money. So it is what it is, but I think it really is a tool that elevates and helps the brand continue to like really coordinate well. For sure. For sure. Um, so the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I picked two of my favorite ones. Um, so the first one is actually something that I thought I read and I was like, I need to ask this because I relate to it too. But do you have any tips on how to overcome stage fright or presentation anxiety? Yeah, there's a couple of different things. I love this question because I actually used to be the shyest person um, growing up. And part of it, again, was just starting and not giving a fuck. Like Mm -hmm. I literally was in the ensemble. Well, first and foremost, I always love theater and like singing and dancing um, because I'm in New York. Like I love Broadway, musical theater is life. And I feel like also behind every girl boss, there is like a musical theater soundtrack or song that they really, really love. Um, For me, that's like the entire Mamma Mia soundtrack (laughs) or... Um, I mean, I like all the other stereotypical, sh- not stereotypical, but mainstream like Dear mm-hmm. Hansen and like Hamilton, but Mamma Mia is like definitely like an OG and part of that's because I think I would have grown up in this, in an ideal world. I would have been born in the seventies and like grown up during seventies. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> so where was I? Where was I? Right. So musical theater. So I was in a performing arts high school. I was doing photography and art. And then I moved and was like, hmm, I'm going to join this community theater thing just because I think it's fun. Like, why not? Right. It's, it's a hobby. So I did it. I made a bunch of friends. It was in the ensemble for three years. And then obviously I get to be senior year and all the seniors are on except for me and my friend and we audition and, you know, we get the lead and that was that. And it was like, am I the best singer? No. Am I winning a Grammy? 
No. Was it something that was fun? And I did in the moment. And it's a small community theater thing that helped me just be fearless. So basically, like, I was like fearless. And like, if I mess up with this song, if I mess up with the dance move, how many people are actually going to notice in the grand scheme of an hour and a half? Yeah, people literally are not focused on you like ever. Um, So I think that's really important. I like literally remember this one time I sang the same verse twice in a song and nobody noticed. Like it was literally me and my like double who was playing me on the night that I wasn't. And she was the only one that noticed. And it was really fun and funny because we were like, who cares? Nobody noticed. It doesn't matter. And the same thing goes for social media, right? If you obviously don't say something stupid and if you do apologize and remove it, um, and take responsibility (laughs) for it. But if you're like scared about just coming on your stories, I always tell people it's either one day or day one, right? You can start today by saying, Hey, I'm Bob. I do blah, blah, blah. I have been super scared to start this, but I figured I would push myself out of my comfort zone and, you know, do one story per week. Start with one per week. It doesn't have to be every day. You don't need to go full throttle right away. You can totally go like one step at a time. If it's once a week, great. If it's twice a week, great. Rev it up to once a day eventually, right? Like you Mm -hmm. will literally get there. Um, It's also important to take breaks and not be hard on yourself. And don't focus on the numbers. Focus on the content. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, and the last question I have is a little fun question, I guess. Um, So if you had to pick between living in New York City or LA full time, which do you think it would be based on having lived in both? Hmm, This is a great question, because I really love both. Um, My family's here in New York. So and I grew up here born Mm -hmm. and raised New Yorker. um, And I really love uh, kind of like the depths of New York in terms of like, think of it like this. The buildings, obviously, they're very tall in New York. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make it here, you have to be willing to like fight to climb to the top. And like you have to you have to be willing to take the stairs, not the elevator here in New York, for the most part, unless you're like super rich and your daddy's a billionaire, (laughs) which is not the case for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like completely self-made here. And um, in L.A., everything's kind of flat. Everything's kind of slow. So in L.A., having this hustle mindset and having. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to say it's like a hundred percent hustle mindset because I just think it's like self-ambition mm-hmm. um, and, and confidence in myself and continuing to just follow my dream. I think that's important. Um, since I graduated college, a lot of my friends have moved back home. So not as many friends of mine are in LA, not, not to say I wouldn't make friends, but mm-hmm. I think the canyons are like the, the top tiers in LA are way different than they are in New York. And, um, I think if you stay true to your mission, your goal, you can make it work. And, um, I, I'm going to give you an answer that you probably don't want, which is, I would love to be bi-coastal. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to, you know, do a couple months in LA, a couple months in New York, vice versa, and then travel in the other months. So, um, those are, those are just really important places in my life. For sure. I mean, it's not that I don't like that answer. I probably would do exactly the same because I feel like I'm also the type, I don't know. I like to like be like where I live now so I live in Montreal Canada but like if I can travel for like six months out of the year or like live somewhere else for six months like I would do it in a heartbeat yeah absolutely it's like so important and I think traveling helps us realize like where we feel our best and how we do Mm -hmm. our best work so um you know is being inside and being in the cold helping me do my best work um 
I would say because I'm trapped inside, I do my best work because I am, have nowhere else to go and I'm mm-hmm. immunocompromised and like, I have to be careful with the variant because mm-hmm. I live at home with my parents, which is also should totally be normalized living at home with your parents until you're probably like 25, totally yeah. a normal thing. No one should feel ashamed of that. Um, I used to be like shit, whatever, but it's kind of nice, free food, free rent, nice yeah. dog. Um, so it's nice. And I, I definitely feel very privileged that I, I get to do that. And my home situation is good. Um, but yeah, LA, I feel better with my body, you know, my, like, I love the sun, like the vitamin D in LA. Like, I know this might sound cheesy, but like, it is a thing. It really does help your mental health, but over time LA can be kind of like toxic. So like making sure you get out, um, same with New York, like getting out and like recharging and going somewhere where you can focus on like your wellness, your well being is important. So yeah, both of those. Awesome. Well, that's all I had for you today. So thank you again for coming on and like sharing your story and sharing everything um, about your business and that. Um, So before you leave, do you want to shout out any of your socials where people can find you? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. Um, My handles are just it's Gigi Robinson everywhere. So it's like the at symbol. It's Gigi Robinson. Um, Or you can find all my work at ggrobinson.com. or just Google my name, Gigi Robinson, I'll pop up. But this was so fun. Thank you again. And uh, I can't wait till it's live. Yes, thank you so much again. Thank you guys so, 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 so much for listening to this episode. I really, really do hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, do not forget to give this podcast a little review and follow and subscribe wherever you're listening to it on. If you want to go support Gigi, please, please, please do so. Go follow her on Instagram. Go give her some love. And if you'd love to support me, I would love that too. I literally said love way too many times, but you can follow me either at Behind the Girl Boss or at It's Amanda Wan. And you can check out my YouTube channel, It's Amanda Wan. I post lifestyle college entrepreneurship and pop culture content on there so be my guest go check it out i would really really appreciate it so thank you guys so much again for listening and i'll talk to you guys next time